Welcome to Made in the 90s. I'm Kyle Woods. Dylan Shore. Here to talk about Jan Dubon's tour de force, Twister. One of his many tour de forces, might I add, because you got Scream before, the, or Scream, uh, you have Speed. So, right. Speed is a big one. Speed is kind of, Speed is sort of our white whale. It's a movie that we talk about a doing, lot. but having... Yes. We'll get to Speed. And then, might I add, Speed 2, which is kind of a lackluster film, but it's awesome. Um, it's so cool. Is it also Jan de Bon? It is. Because then, yeah, it I'm willing, willing to believe that it's pretty fucking <laughs> awesome, because this movie is awesome. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I love Twister in a way that is hard to reconcile with my non-12-year-old self. You were 12? I don't know exactly how old I was during this movie. What year did it come out? 96? May 17th, 1996? Yeah, I was probably about 12 when I saw it. I was born in 85. I had just turned 5 on May 10th. Yeah, we've talked about this before. <laughs> we've watched a lot of movies when I was 5. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you just watching crazy movies at a crazy young age. Did this terrify you when you were 5? No, it enthralled me. In fact, I made my mom take me to see it five times in theaters. Wow. Yeah, and on the fifth time as a kid, I like to stick my arm in and out of the cup holders oh and okay uh i remember where's the story going dylan remember this so fucking perfectly because it was so embarrassing it's the scene where the first twister they're chasing they get down into the levee and they're going and i bill paxton can't maneuver and the brakes are out but (laughs) i remember i'm doing that and i my arm goes all the way in and it's stuck up there and Dylan's pointing at his shoulder. At right my now. shoulder. It was up on my shoulder. Because you're a five year old. Because I'm a five year old with a fat arm. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked to my mom and I'm like, Mom, my arm is stuck. And she's like, Pull it out. I'm like, I can't. What do you it's think stuck, stuck means, Mom? She's like, Okay, hold on. And she goes to get a manager. The manager can't get my arm out. He did then, they grease it up with movie theater butter? Uh, they did. That did is where really the story goes. But so the movie's playing and everyone is staring at us, and they unscrew the arm off of the chair, <laughs> and they as so I'm walking with the whole arm of the chair out of the movie theater, yes. and they take me to the back of concessions, and I sit on a counter and straight pour they butter down put my the butter arm, on you. poured butter down, and then twisted the arm off. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I don't think... I, we didn't finish the movie. I think I went home. I, <laughs> and we got tickets. We got, like, free tickets. You... <laughs> for... <laughs> <laughs> You're the problem in that story. You know I, that. I, I am. <laughs> I am. free tickets. <laughs> sorry for your inconvenience. Your child's That's a dumbass, ma'am. I'm sorry. It tastes like a movie theater now. I hope you enjoy the ride home. Oh, yeah, that's my great Twister story, though. Okay, my Twister story is this is one of the, like, VHSs I remember having and watching a lot. Mm-hmm. So I definitely loved this movie and saw this movie a lot. Um, <laughs> it's uh, too much fun for me to fit all into it one It is words. written by Michael Crichton and Anne-Marie Martin. Don't really know her work, but... Everyone has to know Michael Crichton. And so it sort of explains the the hero science bent that it has. Like, she's so set on getting 
Dorothy into the air. She needs her data. And that's the resolution of the movie. That's really where it goes. Yep. So I guess, it was, yeah, that felt, that felt right. Uh, possible sign of the 90s early on is just the childhood trauma spurring <laughs> the whole arc of the film. You've never seen him miss this house and miss that house and come after you. She's personally victimized by tornadoes. She is. Which, um... It targeted her. She is the victim. (laughs) Also, early... I don't... They're obviously doing some Wizard of Oz stuff with calling the machine Dorothy. And her dog in the beginning is is Toby. Toby. Okay, thank you. (laughs) And is the type of dog that Toto is. Yeah, or like at least a similar looking dog. I also wonder... So maybe it's maybe she does feel she has a right to feel victimized by the tornadoes because I felt like the dad holding the door shut. I wrote that. I wrote, why doesn't he just back away from the door? <laughs> they lived. They were five feet away, further down underground, and they lived. If he had just not been a hero and literally sailed, like they need to take that scene and just like put that A Wall Nation song over it. Sail. <laughs> As he takes off. Uh, YouTube, if you haven't already, I'm sure. Get on it. Uh, also, sign of the 90s is just how much soundtrack. And there's oh, an interesting gosh. point about where that goes that I want to get to in a minute. But there's a lot of really kind Artists. of... Artists. And whiny yeah. soundtrack stuff. But then also a lot of really insane kind of metal symphony stuff. Yeah, Van Halen. Van Halen decided to use orchestra... To intro that song. Hey, it was rad. It and is pretty rad. It, it got my heart pumping. But in the in the titles, or not the title sequence, but in the intro sequence where we're first meeting the whole team. The whole gang. The, the, the cool. The, the, the cool crew. dudes. They're yeah. cool, dude. I literally wrote, what a cool group of people. Those were my thoughts as a kid. They're <laughs> very enthusiastic yes. about what they do. They're not the coolest group of the bunch, though. There are three songs, three pop songs in that sequence. In the game, there's Eric Clapton. There's four pop songs. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Clapton is the first one, right? Is the, when No, when you first come up, it's like the Melissa Etheridge knockoff, because that's okay. when we're reading Bonnie Hunt. Then it Bonnie goes to, Hunt. Uh, sorry, Helen Hunt. Whoa, big. No, I yeah, get it though. I've done that. They're totally. They look exactly alike. <laughs> they're blonde ladies with bangs that were famous in the nineties. Yes. So forgive me, Bonnie and Helen Hunt. We are of course talking about Helen Hunt. Yes. Who, uh, before we get back to the song <laughs> count, I want to say actually does ably in this movie. It's an insane movie, but I feel like she's in it. I yeah, think she's... No, she, her and Bill Paxton are both good. Paxton has the cheesy, cheesy lines, though. He basically, He's a repeater. He repeats a lot of lines. He only shouts what is already happening. That's <laughs> his whole purpose in the movie, is to just be like, turn left to our or, or to be the <laughs> human barometer. The human barometer. This dude is the twister whisperer. Yes. He's fucking... We're he gonna make like, our own movie, the twister whisperer. Oh my god, it'll be a melodrama about the plains of Kansas, you guys. Can we not, can we do this? Can we? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Uh, on a budget of $93 million and we will gross $494.4 million, Just like this movie did. Twister. <laughs> um, I... Getting back to Paxton, I think he just completely doesn't work in this movie. Rest no. in power. And there's another rest in power moment that we'll get to. But he's 
like at a certain point when we were watching it, I started yelling out alien movies yeah, or yeah, quotes because yeah. he's given the exact same performance, but the material's like more of a love story. Yes. And, and there's no aliens. <laughs> but still, all he's doing is just shouting about his surroundings and the increasing like situation that they find themselves Damn in. Damn it, you, when you phrased it that way, that he's just shouting about his surroundings. Yeah, that is, he does that so much. <laughs> his face is never not red during this movie. He's just constantly <laughs> screaming. That's good. So, uh, so in, in terms of the other rest and power performances, Hoffman, what is... Or, uh, sorry. Philip Seymour. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Before we you get got to me him. questioning my name. Before we get to the greatest actor of all time, what were the three songs? Oh. Uh, Melissa Etheridge knockoff. Oh, four. So Eric Clapton. And if, then they cut into, like, the Van Halen song. Dun, 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 as they exit, probably. Yeah. He puts it on through the speakers. I don't think that. You does think that's that just really happening? Happen? <laughs> I don't. This movie takes some liberties. No, because the there's a shot of the speaker. Uh, but that's, it's. Um, that's when they actually roll bah, bah, out. Bah, da, da, da. It's not a Van Halen though. I don't think for that song. But you're right. You're right. But there is Van Halen later on in the movie, oh, right? many times. Can we talk many about times. why there's so much Van Halen in this movie? And will you read that list in order that you read it earlier? I will. Uh, so Van Halen did compose. <laughs> compose. He wrote. A song for Twister, and I believe it's called Human Beings. But when I googled to see who the movie composer was, <laughs> Google gave me the most odd assortment of characters. We get Eddie Van Halen, Anthony Kiedis, Dave Navarro, Chad Smith, Ennio Morricone, and then Flea. And then Flea. <laughs> Is, Is Ennio Morricone a part of Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> How much would you pay to see that at the Hollywood Bowl? Oh, oh my God. I'd be there in a One heartbeat. Night only Red Hot Chili Peppers, Indian Marcone. Oh, man, let's do it. I would do that. Oh, thank you, Van Halen. Because that's what makes us human beings. Thank you, Google, for putting that list in such an <laughs> insane order. So we can get back to Phil. Um, okay. He's awesome. He's, He's so great in this greatest. movie that I thought the space station line was his. That's how I remember it. But it's, it's not a moon, it's a space station! Because he yells a bunch of Dusty. lines like that. Yeah, yeah that's, his, that's his whole purpose yeah, yeah. in the movie. <laughs> yeah. But no, he yells like... Uh, ah, I can't remember. He yells plenty of things. Yes, he does. So, But is he just like maddened by the weather? Or do you think he's uh, doing like a... Uh, Kind of that 90s thing where there's a pothead character, but you never see him he, smoking. He is the videographer. So definitely the pothead character yeah. that you never see smoking. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I thought Lost was the videographer. Daniel Faraday. Daniel Faraday. <laughs> Thank you for pulling his name from Lost. I thought he was the videographer, because early on you see Helen Hunt. That's their intro section. He's she's talking like, about the lens. The, yeah, there's I, grass in there. I think that's a like a I actual Philip photograph lens because you see uh, Philip on the video camera, but you also see. Him I, don't, like, I don't know their roles. <laughs> but there's two dudes that are on the maps, <laughs> and, but they're all also very good at maps. Like at one point, you see Bill Paxton being on the map, <laughs> which are all rolled, by the way, never folded. <laughs> I'll, I'll save that point. There's there's a lot of overlap in the roles. And it's you don't kind of fold unclear. the maps. 
I'm just saying, roll the maps. He's right. He's right. He is right. Uh, speaking of, yeah, human Google Maps, that dude is like, today he would just be an app on your phone. Which, actually, I'll bring it up now. That kind of points to another thing that happens in this movie. First of all, there's like, there's a lot of kind of magic radio and like people being able to hear things. And even not touching the CB radio walkie-talkie and they just hear the conversation. Or being 40 feet away from the radio <laughs> after it went through a tornado and they're still somehow listening to this conversation. <laughs> there's a lot of that stuff going on. And so Philip Seymour Hoffman also sort of seems to be like kind of a scientist and everybody there is kind of a scientist. Yeah. And so this movie also has a lot of like... It, it relies on this gadgetry. It's got to get the Dorothy up into the air to make the sensors fly. And that's how they're going to save the day. And that technology seems so far out of their reach, but also so far behind us. Because while I'm watching this movie, I'm like, just fucking throw a drone at it. Why are you guys having this conversation? Because that technology doesn't exist anymore. And, and yet, we, because we have this backlog of knowledge now of movies that take place with such being so surrounded by technology the technology that these 10 scientists can't get to work seems like what are you fucking doing what what is the don't be so dumb scientist put wings you on know the what thing you want to fly trial and error you gotta they thought that the tornado would be strong enough to just pick it up but it's not. I'm, I guess there is that. No, it is strong enough, but it's too light to fly. Sure. So, again, basic physics are what's eluding ten scientists. I don't think and they're all scientists, because if there's, if there's ten scientists, they would have caught that. But even They're they, not all scientists. They can't be scientists. They can't be scientists. There are zero scientists on this trip because the thing that they designed to go get sucked up by a tornado is in no way meant to fly. Yeah. And there's also just like crappy technology. How many first biggest question I keep having throughout this movie? Why isn't there a remote? Why do they got to get outside the truck every time and unlatch this thing from 27 toe straps instead of just like click? Or straight up just not have them, like, fully tight. (laughs) (laughs) Why is the thing that needs to fly so hard to get off? Man, it's ridiculous. And this movie just relies on it. That's what makes this thing go, and it's Mm -hmm. so fucking dumb. And I I love it here, but it, it is also just borderline infuriating. If I didn't love this movie so much, I would just be like, what are you doing? This is the dumbest thing ever. I'm putting it into, uh... They are not all scientists. Map guy is not a scientist. <laughs> yeah. Right? He just has a very good He memory. doesn't say anything scientific, does he? He's just really good with directions. Boom. At least with that section of Oklahoma, presumably. Do, uh, are they only in Oklahoma? Do they go out of state at all? You know, I'm not familiar with the geography of Wakita. Uh, w- w- Wakita. Don't know where that is. I want to say Oklahoma. Could be wrong. Don't know. Can we talk about Carrie Elwes for a moment? Love him. <laughs> I want to say some things about his accent. <laughs> well, let me in line, you people. <laughs> God bless him for trying. <laughs> but it is not. Satellite comedy. <laughs> Where is he from, man? 
<laughs> and it still comes through as like so charming and Carrie Elwes that it's like that's I it was very jarring. <laughs> and also the way he's introduced as sort of the villain to this thing, and the way we'll get to the way he's dispatched. But the way he's introduced is this line of dialogue between I maybe Bill Paxton is just saying it to his wife. Yeah, she's like, "Honey, who's that?" Jonas. He's corporate sponsored. He's a night crawler. He went corporate. He's in it for the money. Like, He's in it for the money, not the science. What is... <laughs> Who is paying... I don't... I mean... That's uh, what they have to do, though. Those... Uh, the tornado chasers have to... They get uh, funding from bigger... Uh, like weather sponsorships type of thing. <laughs> weather sponsorship. I don't know what the fuck like, I'm trying to say. Tornadoes at the board table. Yes, like, I watched a Discovery he... Channel show called Tornado Hunters, <laughs> and these guys were going fucking broke, and so they had to call their sponsor, and they put like their sponsor on the side of the truck and everything. And who was their sponsor on this Discovery Channel show? Oh, I can't remember off Who's the top of my head. Ford, a tornado. Ford. Oh, because they, they ended up getting a Ford truck. truck. You know what? At one point, uh, there is a there's a hero shot of the Dodge truck. Oh hell like, yeah, there is. That's a Super Bowl commercial, <laughs> That's a fucking, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was I've always good. wanted that truck. <laughs> I've always wanted. Actually, I want to... Helen Hunt's truck. Yeah, the Her, yellow one the that yellow gets wrecked one. in the beginning yeah. is so good. So Can't, should we uh, talk about his death now? Or? No, wait. Before we get to Carrie Elwes' Elvis's death, Bill Paxton runs up to Carrie yelling, You slime! I'm not through with you yet! There's a lot of... I have it down here later. Do you know the rating of this movie? PG... Oh, like the MPAA? Yeah. PG-13. PG-13. Okay. Because that means you get like one F word and no... F words... Plenty of shits, no nudity. I thought this movie might have been PG because of how little swearing there is. There's a lot of like son of a bitch. Oh, oh shit! Oh, there is there is. It's a Paxton. lot of Bill Paxton. It's Paxton. <laughs> but everybody else is like pretty you slime ball. Yeah. Hey, that's hey, Paxton. Scuzz bucket. Paxton has the filthy mouth and the little kid mouth. I think he only swears at tornadoes. So for people. He's like, it's a little kid thing. <laughs> oh my god. You slime! The script is kind of... It's all over the place. <laughs> you can feel different writers taking their pass yeah. at it, where it's like, Absolutely. what's happening now? Well, and so speaking of some of the filmmaking, I, I wanted to talk about how much of this movie happens in cars. Oh yeah. It's like maybe half of it, where they're just... More. You think more. I want to say there's maybe 5% in the ant's house. And then yeah. the last bit, when they're not in the car. And the, the town before the aunt's house, that's, you know. Before the aunt's house. As, as we move into the third act, the, the uh, drive-in drive theater. Oh, and, you're right, you're right. But still, they go indoors. They, and it works less then. So, like, this, you point When they're not in the car, it doesn't it, work. It feels like a universal ride. It oh, feels like totally. a theme park ride. Totally. And, and it doesn't. It feels clunky and slow and, like, the danger is not very present at all. But when they're in cars, even with the CGI, it's, like, a lot of fun. And yeah. it totally works. When they get stuck in the twin, the sister tornadoes and right. are just spinning in a circle, I always think, I remember always thinking, why are they not being sucked up? Yeah. I don't understand it. I still don't to this day understand that. There's a lot of 
sometimes the tornado is very powerful. Sometimes, sometimes it's not. No. It's sometimes they're baby tornadoes. Sometimes even a baby tornado can tear down he says that about the drive in and the auto mechanic shop, that those are just like downbursts yep. and You're right, you're right. He does say that. So even at the, when they're at the aunt's place and they bring up the when somebody's oh the wife asks F what's is there an F five? <laughs> And they stop. <laughs> and just stare at her. Like, how dare you ask that and question? The, the preacher guy calls it Finger of the God. Finger of God. Uh, that scene, though, at Aunt Meg's house is all has always been my favorite scene because that food looks so good. Truly. That steak and eggs, potatoes and gravy. Potatoes. Oh, I want it so bad. Every I time I see it. Absolutely with you on that. <laughs> oh, man. You could tell I was a fat kid and still am. It also, uh, I think it, it's, that scene comes at a great point in the movie also, because by that point we've chased two twisters uh-huh. and failed twice, and it's getting tense, and it feels like it's going to, are we just going to be in the car? But they they pop out, they let it yeah. breathe, you get a little bit of humor from everybody. Yeah. I mean, the film is all in one day and the next morning. That was the last note I have here. This movie takes place on one day. Yeah, it's an onslaught of tornadoes that just keep happening. Over one day, there's yeah. six of the like giantest tornadoes ever. It's crazy. Uh, the special effects are still pretty good, too. Uh, with, for the first part. Like, of them in the ditch with the yellow truck. I, that scene still looks really good to me. Later on in the field, when they jump out of the Dodge and let it go. That one, not so much. A lot of it looks really spotty to me. And I wonder, did we watch this on DVD today? or was It this, was Blu-ray. This was the Blu-ray. It looked like shit. <laughs> Guys, the Twister Blu-ray. Does I, I don't not think look it thinks. Good. I don't think it looks that bad. Then, then the CGI is very bad. It's because, old. Yeah, it's old. But it it would have had to have been so prevalent and so bad that it's affecting pixels in other parts of the screen, because a lot of times it looked like you know when you're watching something on Amazon now and it'll just like drop the buffer rate mm-hmm. so that you're watching some crystallized yeah, 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 90s yeah. shit. That's what I'm talking about. That's how it feels in the later ones. Not the first ones, because they're small enough. They blend well into the sky. Well, and then even the the one that actually kind of works again is the um, the what's that? The oil tanker that keeps <laughs> flying at him for twenty minutes, <laughs> and then lightly bumps him off the log. <laughs> the way this movie deals, it literally with gives levels, it a kiss. It, yeah, it just is like it's here to save the day, and then turns around. I mean, I guess that's a twister for you. You don't know what's coming or going. It's, oh god it's incredible there's a line i think it's right when they go into the ditch bill paxton says tighten your seatbelt," and he yanks her belt yeah. and tightens it for her i did that one time to sarah and she did not like <laughs> yeah, it right? and then i was single and then she broke up with me no she didn't we're still together but she was very, very upset. She, yeah, about she it. was very upset. She did not like that. Um, I have just a couple of one-liners written down. Bill Paxton, the Twister Whisperer, needs to be pointed out again. And also, when they are in the auto re- repair shop, why are they all looking up at the windows? Like, there's at least three cuts of people getting hit in the face with glass. 
because they're all just like yeah they what? all look up <laughs> guys Ridiculous. i lived in a place where there were tornadoes <laughs> you you take drills sometimes at school they're like hey get out into a covered place and put your fucking head down don't look up and these are again 10 That's scientists the same for an earthquake drill just you put when your head shit down fly it around Cover your face, man. It's an important part of your body. Look, the cat's covering his face right now. Just because he's sleeping <laughs> like an adorable little monster. Right? And here's ten scientists that are all just like, what's that sound? Slice. And he gets sliced with a, the, <laughs> with the rim. hubcap. The hubcap. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, God. I love this movie. He seriously almost got scalped right there. Yeah. Or, yeah, just straight decapitated. Yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine if they took that turn. <laughs> well, that's what, I, that's what I was hoping would happen at the very end with Paxton and Hunt running through the field and that like giant rotating harvest wheel comes flying through. Oh, man. They, what if that they was duck. the ending? Uh, so that kind of points to an issue, which is that, again, for people who supposedly are the best at this, they're like, the guy has a supernatural predilection for understanding the whims of tornadoes. Yet they're just constantly underprepared for the consequences of tornadoes. You know what? Like, they're not even wearing a helmet, man. <laughs> it, you are in a hailstorm. You're going after a thing that you know makes hail. He just hail. puts his jacket up. Why are they <laughs> covering themselves with a jacket instead of this movie? Is so fucking dumb. I love it. <laughs> the last thing I wrote, besides the real composer's name, who is Mark Mencina, John Mencina's dad, not really, just joking, is. Outrun Twister that is a mile long. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> the one that... Uh, and that's the F5. That's it's the one that F5. takes everything down. 200 a mile... Uh, 180 mile an hour winds. And when they're like driving up to it, they're like, let's get a little closer first. Let's just... Wa- Are you ready? Jump no, out let's now! Go cl- okay, but now we'll jump. Now. It's fucking It's dumb. going... Take it! It's so dumb. Okay, he totally wants his wife to get sucked up into it. The suck Oh, zone. he doesn't give a fuck about her anymore. He's regularly endangering yeah. her. And then when she when it really hits the fan, he has to be like, oh, what? Huh? Honey, I forgot you were in the motel room. <laughs> okay, why don't you just, you know, hang out right here. No, Bill, I'm leaving you. I'm done. Okay, go back to the hotel. I'll come back and we'll meet up. No, I'm leaving you. Do you not get this? She at least says it. She's like, "Eh, I don't even feel that bad. That's how much dedication the movie has to their their emotions. They're just like, oh, you know what? I'm in the the way here. Let me just be out. And she's just like, I know my way home. And walks off screen. Well, she's an empowered woman. But Jamie uh, Gertz. She's great. She's still beautiful. Truly. Even though she cut off that uh, beautiful 80s hair. <laughs> oh, Lost Boys hair. She's one of those that you are, like, it's always fun to see her pop up. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Jamie Gertz, there you are. Good to see you. Great, can we talk about Carrie Elvis's death now? Yes, because it's time. This movie fucking hates Eddie, the driver. He gets shit on. He's, like, asking questions. He's like, boss, I think they made a turn here. Do we follow? He's like, no. The only worst, but the first time they definitely do. Follow. They do follow. Yes. Carrie Elwes is also unpredictable as a as a villain because there is no villain. It's a disaster movie. It's about the tornado. Yeah, but the he's way just that a stupid scientist. Is uh, in a moment of hubris and deciding to take their advice to not take their advice. Yeah. Helen Hunt's like, you, you gotta. Oh no, she tells them how to solve the Dorothy problem. She's like, you gotta weigh down the trailer. And they're like, fuck you, stupid bitch, I'm out of here. Yep. And then... And Eddie's like, maybe we should listen. 
He would never he would never try to do you harm. He would never put you in harm's way. And then the tornado throws this debris, a piece of steel rod like a that's hanging from a stage almost. And you see it coming and I'm like what my reaction at this point after not having seen the movie for a long time was Oh, I don't know if Carrie Ellis deserves that death. Because, like, he's kind of a dick, but he's not that bad. He doesn't, he like... He deserves it more than Eddie. <laughs> and then this movie shoves this debris through Eddie. <laughs> the driver of the truck gets it. And Carrie Ellis is just looking at him like, well, guess I'm fucked now. And gets sucked up into the tornado. And then and dies <sighs> in an explosion. Oh, man. <laughs> Poor Eddie. But Eddie... Gets done so goddamn a dirty. A fucking steel rod movie. to the face. It's like, like you said, it's like a, a riser for a lighting fixture. Yeah. So it's three steel rods <laughs> all the way through his whole fucking body. And then it goes through glass. So all the glass in his face first. And <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, man. Oh, poor Eddie. Feel for my guy, Eddie. Damn it, Carrie, Elvis, Jonas. That's his name, Jonas. <laughs> Jonas. You this slime. Such a weird... Uh, villain name. I did want to point out the film has uh, Shania Twain playing under the diner scene in the beginning. That does not surprise me. And that song that it's playing reminds me so much of my dad. <laughs> like, he loved Shania Twain. So did my mom and sister, but my dad loved her. Okay. That I do not well, um, get. That's an interesting revelation. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that just always brings me back to my dad whenever I hear that. Cool. I'm going to leave that one where it is and then get rid of it. Just be, again, curious about the way the soundtrack came together. Well, you can thank uh, Mark Mancina. You like my little chicken scratch writing? That's good. Yeah, it's better than I would do on this. I wasn't really uh, giving a fuck. But uh, yeah, Mark Mancina did the actual score, which there's some good, like, there's good tones under there. But as an actual score, I don't think there really is one. It's such it's, a weird mix of like... You get a lot of Van Halen. And a lot of moody, female-driven 90s alternative. Like, it feels like Lilith Fair provided the soundtrack. <laughs> Haven't heard that name in a long time. Which is not a problem. It's just kind of strange in this movie. Doesn't which, work for Twister? Well... I, I mean, no, I mean it, it kind of does work for Twister, because like we were talking about this, it is Helen Hunt's story. It starts and ends with her. Bill right. Paxton is there, and he's mostly just there to, like, you know, inform us about what the stakes of the movie are, in case we didn't realize. They could have the whole movie without him. Easily. It might be a better movie without him. And How dare you? It would certainly be more fair to the female characters in the movie, because, again, we have his new wife, who he just gives less than one fuck about. He is actively trying to get her murdered by wind. And Bonnie Hunt, who is the force, right? You called her Bonnie Hunt. Oh my god. <laughs> and now I'm doing a disservice to the women in this movie. Uh, I have a question. Is Bill Paxton a scientist? Because the first time they talk about him coming into the group is that he pulls up in some random car naked drunk as that's fuck. how they met him that's how they met him and he gets out and joe's yelling hey get out of the shot get out of the shot and he strolls up to the tornado and throws a bottle into the twister and says have a drink oh my god so is he a scientist but he becomes a meteorologist, he becomes a meteorologist and meteorologists will claim that they are scientists 
So <laughs> just put that together. <laughs> also, he's not a scientist. <laughs> the movie really shits on him for like going straight too. They're like, "Are gonna watch your news report?" Bro. I really enjoy <laughs> your weather reports. <laughs> Gary Ellis fixing the hat and everything. Doing some work in this movie. So, okay, Bill Paxton's not a scientist. Helen Hunt is the person who stars in this movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman is a fucking treasure. And it's so much fun. It's just pointless and dumb, and I love it. I love Twister. So, so much. It's truly... I could, if someone said, oh, what do you want to watch? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Just throw on something random. Twister, Anytime. I guess? Yeah. Anytime. I'll, seriously, I'll do it. it I, there's a few movies that I'm like that with. I didn't realize this was one of them until today. It's I'm so good. so glad we watched it. <laughs> Dylan, what else have you watched this week? What else have I watched this week? Actually, I went and saw the new Jumanji. Nice. Yes. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It is not... The Robin Williams one, the 1995 one, I think that was the year, which is truly, really good, but also kind of fucked up. There's a lot of crazy shit that happens, and the new one kind of touches on the original, which I liked. I <laughs> I like that the movie was willing to be like, it's a video game now. It's a video Here's game, it's yeah. a video game. Guys, it's a dumb it doesn't fucking even, movie. Yeah. Dude, they don't give you an explanation. It's just like, it, it like shakes. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turns into a little cartridge. That's all it is. So good. <laughs> uh, I had a lot of fun with it also. I think, like, I, I will literally watch anything with The Rock. So Same. that'll come up again and in Jack what Black. I have seen this week. And Jack Black. And I also like Kevin Hart a lot. Um, I don't mind him. It's not like, my, it's like a lot of his jokes in the new one are about his height. And that's been done before. Sure. But so It still has, made me laugh in some scenes. Yeah, uh, when he... Because uh, he's like the big guy that turns mm. little. Is that how that works yeah. out, right? At one point, like... And he's really slow. Just... His weakness is being really slow. And everyone <laughs> and, can outrun him, even kick. Jack Black. <laughs> kick. Um, but doesn't, like, The Rock hold him off of a cliff? Or, like, he goes to check him and he just bounces off? There's some really good physical yeah, humor yeah, yeah. in there. There is. Which I think is really excellent, and um, yeah, I don't know, I, I liked it a lot. Also, Reese Darby deserves a shout out for being a goofball as always. Mm -hmm. So good. Uh, how about you? What did you watch? Uh, well, speaking of The Rock, I caught up with Moana for oh. the first time. What did you think? I really, really enjoyed it. I think the animation is a little stiff, and there are points where I, you know, if it's maybe that Pixar lens where I wish everything had a little more bounce and vibrance... But it, it's, I think by about halfway through the movie, I was just completely into it. By the time The Rock shows up. Yeah, pretty much, right? It, it's a great ride. Uh, well, now that we're on Disney, I forgot. Just this morning, I watched Coco, Disney Pixar. Loved it. Really good. Coco is so good. It's been a while since I saw that one. Um, but it's an example of a movie that there's really nothing there for me. There's no reason for me to want to go out and see this movie mm -hmm. other than loving cinema. Yeah. And so I went out and saw this movie and by the end of it, I was just like, this is a really great movie. <laughs> it's really good. It's so good. And people, I saw it in a pretty full theater and people behind me are having like a full on cathartic experience <laughs> with the movie, like openly sobbing yeah. by the end of it. So, uh, and then I think, uh, justice league. 
was the other one, but there's no need to even talk about that. Yeah, Justice League. That's a piece of shit. That's a movie. Like, just really boring, terrible CGI. Put the camera on, a, put camera on sticks. Fucking Ben, get down on the ground right there. Where's the cop car? Put the cop car in the scene. Okay, just stay there and say some fucking lines. Uh, they don't need to. They don't need to go with anything that's happening in this scene. And since I now have a that's movie fan feels. complex over defending the Star Wars prequels so hard previously, I'm going to have to come out and call out this movie because it is all CGI, mm-hmm. but there's no damn movie there. None. You're just waiting for the. That's thing a good that point. There's no movie. It's nothing, man. It's just boring lackluster all the way and it looks god awful mm-hmm. so uh screw that film definitely definitely is that it did you watch anything else uh have we talked about call me by your name no did you see it i did see I've it. i've seen it three times okay i just saw it the one time and i have one criticism that i want to get to but i want to front load it by saying that i really enjoyed the movie and by the end i'm having a like a like the people behind me in Coco, mm-hmm. I'm having a full-on cathartic experience where I'm just like, oh my god. The when the dad's monologue comes. The dad's monologue is oh. so good, but so also good. Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet staring into the fire. Oh, for and the flies flying around. Oh my oh, man. god. And, he, uh, and Visions of Gideon is playing. It's so good. I uh, really, really enjoy it. There's incredible performances. I think even before the monologue, the dad gives one of the best supporting performances I've ever seen. Yeah, and he didn't get nominated. Year. That's a crime. Yeah, he would have won. That, it, oh, dude, it's the greatest monologue of the year. It truly is. It's a, it's one of the greatest monologues of, you know. Film. In, yeah, or styles. Yeah, I think it has a well chance done. for screenwriting. The screenwriter's fucking 89 years old, I think. That he made a room me. with a view. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me because the the movie is very knowing. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, very certain of itself, and that yes. comes through in the conversations that the characters have about each other in terms of their confidence and their knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. And so, when you tell me that it, it came from the mind of a person who's been around a little while, that feels right. Right. Um, and like, it's a film that doesn't have a villain it doesn't have any like oh my god we got to get over this hurdle it's about them figuring shit out for themselves internally essentially yeah very much internally and it is but you go through it you feel it all you totally get everything that's happening and it's so weird that he was truly able to pull that off it was really well done well and that uh, yeah that's kind of it is that ilio is the antagonist. He's the thing he has yeah. to get over. Yeah. And that's He's our that pro monologue, and our anti. Yeah. That's why that monologue is so powerful is because it's an, an acknowledgement of that. It's it's we as the audience getting to hear a voice say all yep. of the things that we're feeling but we can't quite pin down exactly We can't uh, say it. Like it, it just doesn't come out as fluent, uh, as just poetic. Right. As fucking Stahlberg. I think that's his last name. Michael Stahl- Stahlberg. Okay. Fuck. Mad props to him. So I do want to get to a criticism that I have with the movie. Okay. I think the direction uh-huh. makes some big choices, which I will always applaud. I'd rather see you go for something than not. But 
there were times where it really didn't work for me and I begun began to question whether or not the director had control of the visual space. So there's a lot of stuff of Ilio out of focus, which feels like a choice, but when other characters come in... It stays out of focus? Or it does for a while, but then it shifts in an inopportune moment where maybe that's a choice or maybe it's a first-time director not knowing exactly when to push the button on that. And by the end of the movie, I was full-on distracted by it. Hmm. I never Um, really caught it. And then there's the even bigger sort of like acid wash, yellow-red sequence, Mm -hmm. which maybe is a budgetary restraint is why they chose that. Maybe it's to reflect the time period that they're operating in because it's a movie set in the early 80s. But I also was like, oh, this feels like film school. This doesn't feel like cinema. It feels like... It didn't... That didn't work for me. And so there are a couple of big choices. I want to give them credit for making choices that just didn't work for me. And so I did find myself at times distracted and at times kind of held at arm's length. And so that keeps me from like really loving the movie and being like, it's the best movie of all. All you gotta see. It's one of the greatest. Mm -hmm. It's really super good. I think it's at this point like an excellent screenplay with some really excellent performances but it it's just shy of being a whole movie for me i got you okay well i think that wraps it up for our recommendations see twister yeah watch twister just put it on in the background absolutely but pay attention (laughs) have some fun guys all right this is dylan shore i'm kyle woods have a good one